Get out of my pub. Get out of my pub right now! I'm not going anywhere. Hello and welcome to Get Out On My Pod. I'm Una. I'm Nav. How's it going, Nav? Yeah, good. Good. We, uh, we've we had another little break. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry about but that. You know, you're getting us at our best now. You would have had a terrible podcast last week. Oh, it would have been absolutely awful. Yeah, so, uh, you're welcome. You would have been me complaining about being tired. Yeah, and me also complaining about being tired. So you wouldn't have got, you wouldn't even got any variety in the podcast as well. We're very big on self-care. We are. We really are. At the uh, expense of the Stenders podcast, I sorry think. everyone. Um, but uh, yeah, we we're figuring out. We did have a little chat about making sure we get regular content out to you. We have recommitted ourselves to the podcast, so uh, <laughs> we can't guarantee it'll be every week still. But you're definitely going to be getting podcasts in the future. It will continue to exist, which I'm sure you're, everyone's hugely relieved about. Right. When I publish this podcast, I'm going to put it as big podcast announcement. <laughs> um, and this is the announcement that you just heard. If I was like a fan of this podcast and and we published an episode said big podcast announcement and that was the announcement, I'd literally just like turn it off and stop listening. There and then. <laughs> but also, if you're a regular listener to our podcast, that's the kind of vibe you expect, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Charmingly ramshackle is what we always aim for. Absolutely, absolutely. Have we got any uh, EastEnders news to to kick off with? Um, I think you might have some news. Well, I do have some news. The problem is, is that I can't remember the name of the person, so I'm going to ask you to go first while I Google the name of the person I want to mention. We both keep our news about uh, EastEnders set like secret from each other until right. so it makes it more exciting. You get to hear our live react; it's great. Right. I've got a baby announcement, which you may or may not be aware of. I'm not aware of. Tell me in our new EastEnders baby segment. Exactly. Um, so two weeks ago, Belinda Owusu, who, do you know who that is? No idea. She played Libby. Shut up. Uh-huh, yeah. And she's on Holby City now. But yeah, I guess she's taking a break at the moment. She announced two weeks ago that she was 40 weeks pregnant. Well, yes, I like her. She may even have had the baby by now. I couldn't find any news about it, but. I'm a fan of a 40-week uh, announcement because, you know, at that point, like, what are you announcing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm having a baby. Imminently. You're basically announcing, yeah. I'm not, I haven't put on weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I kind of went on her Instagram. She's not very active. I don't think she's, like, big on kind of sharing her life with the public. So I think it was no just fair. a bit of a, like, courtesy post, to be honest. I just love the idea that even outside of like being a celebrity, announcing to your family like when you're like eight months pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, maybe she wanted us to do like a Kylie Jenner, but just like couldn't go all the way through with it. What's a Kylie Jenner? Oh my god, do you not remember when Kylie Jenner had her baby? I literally know very little about the Kardashians. When Kylie Jenner had her baby, she didn't tell anyone, like any right. of the public. All that happened was she disappeared from all from like public life for nine wow. months and so by the time she had the baby and then she had her baby i think like late in december or early in january and the kardashians like christmas card like instagram picture came out and kylie was like the only one that was missing oh and everyone she. was like she's having a baby she's having a baby oh my god where is this baby and then like i think she dropped like a youtube video of like the whole pregnancy and then the baby at the end fair play it was incredible fair play. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that's that's called doing a Kylie Jenner when, like, back in the day, 
it's when like a family was ashamed of the like <laughs> the kid being pregnant and then they were sent to like a convent for like yeah. five months. <laughs> this is the modern day equivalent of that. It's basically I isn't that how Cat had uh, her son? Yeah, I think it was the twins, wasn't it? The twins, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that was it. She got packed off to a nunnery. Is nunnery a thing? Convent. Sure. I think it is a thing. I think you do call them nunneries okay. as well, yeah. Yeah. So. so have you remembered the name of the person you were telling me news about? I have, yeah. In fact, so I the name that I had in mind was Billy Con- Connolly, but then I was like, this it's not Billy Connolly. It's Brian Connolly, who has been cast as Sonia Fowler's long-lost dad. Oh, my God. Yeah, I did see something about them doing that Sonia storyline, finally. That's great that they're actually going to go through with it. Yeah, exactly. You know what it reminds me as well? I think in one of our like earliest episodes, so we're talking about like two years ago now, um, yeah. we did a mini segment on like comedians in EastEnders. Um, and uh, I might go back and listen to that and we can add Brian Connolly to the list. Do you remember what, So Brian is he Connolly? a comedian? No. You, is he you, Billy's if, brother? No, the surname is spelt different, I think. Oh, so okay. I think it's Billy Connolly, while this is Brian Connolly. Right, okay. Um, which is pretty similar. But you would recognize him. He was in that kind of era when like Bradley Walsh uh was like first getting famous and uh there was another guy, I forget his name, the one who played Shirley's like um oh, boyfriend yeah. for a while. Oh yeah, I just Googled him. I do recognise his face, yeah. Yeah, he was in that kind of like light entertainment in the nineties kind of era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, T V yeah. presenter. Okay. So what is Sonia's backstory? Like, did she just never know who her dad was? It's weird, right? Because I, I literally, it just had never occurred to me that we've never, ever met Sonia's dad. We've yeah. never heard any reference to him being dead or, you know, anything about him. And uh, yeah, no idea. I hope they're not like um, retconning something. Like, I hope they're not going back and changing something that had been previously mentioned yeah. about Sonia's dad. I mean, that would I can't be remember anything about her dad. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's faded from our memories, then maybe it's not a big deal. But it'll be interesting if a really kind of dedicated a viewer kind of goes like, oh, actually, uh, he was uh, dead 15 years ago. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> I mean, I will be like going back to Sonia's Wikipedia page and looking through her history to make sure it lines up. Yeah, I was doing an impression of you just then. That was my... <laughs> it's re- really accurate. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, shall we uh, move on to our predictions, if we can remember them? Yes. Can you remember your prediction? Well, to be fair, you did remind me before the yes, podcast. I couldn't so remember it. If you can't remember, I'd be a little bit worried about you. Yeah. About four <laughs> exactly. minutes ago. I mean, I do have an awful memory, but um, the the listeners won't realise the amount of cuts i have to do like edits i have to do in the podcast because in the middle of it i go um you know what's uh so and so's name again but um <laughs> anyway you will never you will never hear that so uh yes my prediction was that isaac would uh tell lola about his schizophrenia and she would uh come to terms with it and i'm glad it wasn't a straight away like yeah what's the problem i'm totally fine with it because People do have that kind of reaction, even if you think of yourself as an like, incredibly good person. Like we're kind of conditioned by society, and it's not a condition that people know a lot about as well. So, yeah. you know, she had a bit of hesitation. I found the scene when she was talking to the EastEnders version of Alexa quite funny. Yeah, um, and 
and uh, yeah, they seem to be on a good path. I loved her trying to spell schizophrenia. Oh my god! Oh, such a good little detail. Yeah, it was really good, really good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm quite proud of that prediction. I think at the time I acknowledged it wasn't the bravest prediction, <laughs> but you know, glad I'm glad that it happened. So, uh, so there we go. What was uh, your prediction, Una? My prediction was some more anti-Dotty propaganda, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which I think semi came true. So I said that Dotty is not being supportive of Tiff and Keegan. She's being manipulative to get things that she wants, um, which I think kind of turned out to be true. And then I also did say that maybe she's like opening a brothel to make money for herself, which didn't happen. Are you are you closing that off though as a as a possibility? Um, I don't know. if She's like dreaming that big, really. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, look, you know, I don't want the listeners to get tired of you saying something bad about Dottie and then me defending her. <laughs> um, what I think is interesting about the storyline right now is that I think they're playing it quite well with her character. Is that you know she's a young person, so like the idea of her setting up a brothel seems a little bit far fetched to me because you know it's not like you, you know that's like seems like something like an older person might do or somebody who's kind of been steeped in that kind of world. Uh, and also, she might open like a cooperative brothel. So yeah, I mean, like people, there's obviously lots of like good versions of that where people right. work together for right. like more safety and more organisation. But I, my prediction was that she would be doing a bad version of that. Yeah, which is is fair enough. I just I still think it's far fetched in as much as you need to know that world a little bit to like even have that idea. What I think is interesting about Dottie though is that she's obviously this person who's like trying to find herself, and I think what we're being presented with is somebody who um, doesn't quite know how to be a decent person, and I think occasionally she's trying to be a decent person, but also she fucks it up and it could send her down a path of being a terrible person. So it's interesting. She's just very self-centered. Yeah. Yeah. And occasionally she has these moments of self-awareness where I think she kind of realizes that she needs to try and be a better person, but instinctively she comes back to being, yeah, this self-centered person. Exactly. I just need, I really need Dottie to like form a genuine, nice relationship, like friendship with anyone. And that would make me feel a bit more settled about who she is. But then, okay, what is your issue with uh, like her, you know, that character being on the square full stop? Or is your issue is that like, oh, she's she's like, you know, because because the thing for me is that having somebody on the square who maybe doesn't end up forming any decent relationships, but actually plays her character really well, and actually part of her character is to be a little bit aloof and to you know be a little bit kind of you know all over the place like is that not an interesting person to have around i just still don't understand what she's motivated by like i still don't understand what she cares about why she's there and like what she wants to do with her life not that any of us know what we're doing with her life but like what is she what is she driven by i don't know survival i think that's pretty much as far as it gets with dotty why has she even come to the square in the first place though well she was she gonna rob dot was that what it was possibly yeah (laughs) and then Jean Brown left and then they couldn't do it. And now she's yeah. just stranded on the square. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I wish that they would give her a storyline that's like about her character and not this kind of like 
yeah, I think that's kind of my issue with Dottie is she's always been this like sideline character who sort of is like a like she's just a prop to other people's storylines, which means that she does a lot of things that you don't necessarily know why she's doing them because the writers don't really know why she's doing them other than like this thing needs to happen to make the storyline move forward. Yeah, and and look, there's a part of me that thinks you're entirely right. I think the part there's a part of me that's maybe projecting this kind of grander plan that like the writers have have devised and it's being played out incredibly subtly, but maybe actually it's just not it's just not there at all. But as we're kind of talking about uh, that storyline, um, what do you make of that that storyline that we saw in the last couple of weeks, particularly kind of how Keegan and, and Tiffany were were played into it? Um. I thought the element of like Tiff doing it and grappling with it was done really well. Yeah. In that she obviously like logically understands it's just a job. It is relatively safe. It's just in the club. They've got security. Like she can make a bit of money, but it like feels horrible to her. And I think they've done it, you know, I mean, I'd be interested to know whether you agree with this. I think they've done it in a way that kind of shows. It, it doesn't make me feel like, oh, that job is like inherently terrible compared to other jobs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me feel like everyone would hate doing that job more than they'd hate like any other job. Right. But it makes me like uh, feel empathy with Tiff for like what she is going through in that process. Yeah, I, I, I have the kind of same reaction to it. And actually, I think good that EastEnders have left it a little bit ambiguous as to like, you know, there might be a space in which, you know, somebody could do that job. So it doesn't become, you know, hugely exploitative and, and you know, there's a kind of exit out of it. And I think it contrasts to the way that they deal with drug storylines yeah. in that that is always, you know, there's people always have a bad reaction. It's always like, you know, ruining people's lives. You're one step away from death if you've got any involvement with drugs whatsoever. Right. And look, and I'm not saying that this is not what they're going to end up doing with Tiffany's storyline. And also there is something, you know, a little bit gross about it when you play in some of the kind of, you know, men that might enjoy. Totally. And I think actually like the conversation between her and Dottie, I think has been really interesting in this thing of Dottie just being like, it's fine, get over it. Like, it's just a bit of money. It's easy to do. Just do it. And like kind of trying to play it off as this like only, it's only empowering. And like that kind of, them kind of grappling over that issue it's the involvement of keegan that i just find really boring to be honest yeah and keegan has turned into this slightly one-dimensional character and i think it suited the the kind of racism storyline quite well this kind of brooding and like you know the the kind of seriousness and, and turmoil that that he was like in but um, there's no lightness to his character whatsoever. It, yeah, where's Cheeky Keegan gone? Right, do you know what I mean? They've really fucked him. Like, I mean, I guess like his best friend died and his sister died. Yeah, for sure, right? But then a part of me feels like, well, then, you know, lean into that. Make it make him super brooding and, you know, put him in a really dark place. Yeah. Um, it's this weird, like, suddenly traditional right, thing. Right. He's just like, that's my wife, blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's not that. It's not that unbelievable. Like there are lots of men who think in that way, and like there, it was quite interesting seeing Dottie unpick that with him, and like getting him to understand that like he's not just trying to protect Tiff; that he's got this like weird possessiveness of her. But like, I don't know. It would just be interesting to see a more nuanced like male character. I think. Yeah, exactly. And occasionally, as I say, I think Jay sometimes plays that that part relatively well. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, once Keegan and, and Tiffany had bought into, like, the institution of marriage, it slightly signaled, like, maybe who they'd be within that relationship. Yeah. Because it is a bit odd for people that age to be getting married. And, you know, and once you've kind of gone down that route, then you do start using weird phrases like, that's my wife. or that's yeah. like, Do you know what I mean, right? It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. I don't know. I'll be interested to see where that goes. And I do hope we get a lot more of like the young people's household. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. But um, I want to move us into probably the biggest storyline of the last couple of weeks. So we give it enough enough yes. time. And that's the uh, the Ruby Stacy storyline. Oh, God. I'm so, <laughs> I've, I'm so sorry. I've got some positive things to say about some of the other storylines. But I, I, I can't. I can't with this storyline. I hate Tell it. Tell me, go. I feel like you've got feelings. It's what we've talked about before. Like, who is Ruby? Like, why yeah. is she on this, like, mission to destroy Stacy out of, like, jealousy? Like, I hate it. It's such a misogynistic, like, character development for her. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Also, she's a really good actor. Like, she can do so much more than this. And it's it's just, like, such a shame to see. I also think that the whole miscarriage storyline was just really like weird and uncomfortable because obviously like she had a miscarriage so they can't just brush that off they have to like responsibly deal with that storyline so we had to watch all of these scenes of them like grieving and Ruby having a really hard time and like the writers trying to make us feel sorry for her because she it's it's a horrible thing to go through having a miscarriage right. but like I just didn't for me, it felt really clumsy to try and have that like serious dealing with a miscarriage storyline alongside all of this like completely outlandish, like ridiculous stuff that's happening between Ruby and Stacy. Yeah, and also as you say, it kind of maybe diminishes like your kind of sympathy with somebody going through that, right? Yeah. When they're kind of placed within this context of doing terrible things. And even that, you know, that happening her leveraging it as a way to put, you know, Stacy into prison. And, and I think this is this is Lacey Turner's exit storyline. I think she's going to end up going to prison for, for a year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, yeah, I just think it's so clumsy. Also, right, massive plot hole, I think. Um, it's that, like, why does Stacy not just tell Martin that Ruby, like, had Arthur kidnapped? Yeah, exactly. And I thought that's what was going to happen when she came back from the station seeing the... And, you know, let's talk about the weird CCTV footage in a moment. But after Stacey had kind of seen that um, footage, I thought that was going to happen when she confronted Ruby and like, Martin. Why the... would she not just do that? Right. And it's it's just really odd. But um, I do want to go back to that CCTV footage. Okay. And uh, what, like, is, like, I get, you know, cops are mental and shit but surely her solicitor and i also get that solicitors are shit as well but like surely her solicitor would be able to make something from that cctv and go this doesn't like if even if you made contact you weren't looking at her like you were turning around yeah um, and also the footage doesn't show her making contact yeah not reasonable proof at all. also stacy should know at this point to have a solicitor at the station with her at all times <laughs> I was like, come on, Stacey, why are you having a police interview without a lawyer? This is ridiculous. Right. It's just, I, like, I, it's so lazy from the writer's perspective. If they wanted to have the storyline that Ruby gets Stacey sent to prison, fine. 
you know, not into it in general, but if you're going to do it, do it well. The CCTV stuff is like so naff. Yeah. I mean, EastEnders in general, like really have to do some research into how the criminal justice system works. Because I just, I mean, I'm skipping to a different storyline and we can come back straight away. But like, just to say that scene of the Lucas's probation officer being like, oh, I've got you a job and a house. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So the writers have have done zero research into how probation works. Yeah, really bizarre, really bizarre. And and the the annoying thing is as well is that it's these like moments of like complete laziness that are being used to like push storylines forward. And it's like you can't keep doing that. It's not fair to like uh, for us to you know we have to suspend our disbelief. And obviously you do that when when you're watching a soap. But these glaring moments of laziness then make it difficult to like buy into the storyline even after that moment has passed. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's really it's been very jarring with the storyline. What do you think is gonna happen then when Stacy goes to prison? Will Jean just be left with all the kids? Well, actually maybe this is a good point to discuss Jean and stuff. And obviously we're we're still left in this kind of like limbo where we're not quite sure if she's ill she's obviously not quite sure if she's ill yeah but i don't know the extent to which like you know what are we supposed to be taking from this storyline um and what i can envisage is something really quite sad and i hope that isn't the case where stacy ends up having to go to prison and Jean ends up dying <gasps> oh my god yeah do you know when you first said that like oh maybe Jean does have cancer and maybe like eventually he'll die of this and he'll be out of the blue for everyone right when you first said that, I was like, nah, it's not going to happen. She just doesn't have cancer. And like one day she's going to find out that she doesn't. But the more, yeah, the more this kind of like lingers on, the more I'm like, oh no, is that actually going to happen? Yeah. And also the circumstances in which it might happen as well seem pretty bleak in terms of what the prospects are. So if yeah. Stacey goes, then, you know, she she's she's in prison. We know that Big Mo is going. And also there's a decent likelihood that, Jean won't be allowed to look after the kid for for whatever reason, or Ruby might do something really awful and leverage yeah. Jean's mental health to get the kids for for Martin and herself. What if though Martin and Ruby like move into the house and and they're all one big happy family? Well, Jean wanted to stuff uh, a designer handbag down Ruby's throat. So. <laughs> yeah, but Jean's so lovely in the end. Uh, you know what I genuinely hope for, and I think this would be a much more positive and and funny and exciting storyline is that. Um, Jean spends the time proving Ruby's uh, <gasps> uh, guilt. That would be good. I do love it when Jean's like got a vendetta against someone. Yeah, she will fuck him up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think like real shame what they've done with that storyline. Like, such a, there's not one bad actor involved as well. Like, they're all brilliant, and there's just no need for all these shenanigans. No need at all, but um, you've mentioned the foxes already, so shall we, uh, shall we move on to them? Ooh, yeah, probably like the second biggest drama going on right now. Right, yeah. Did you see uh, Chelsea trying to seduce Jack coming? <laughs> um, did I? No. Yeah. Did you? Uh, I didn't see it coming specifically, but um, I think, you know, they're build, building up this idea that Chelsea's just kind of chaotic right now. Yeah, it's um, like, what do you think? What do you believe about Chelsea at this point? Because Chelsea's done her story of like 
Caleb was abusive to her and has kind of like forced her into this life. And then obviously like Lucas wanted to see Caleb and he was like, no, like Chelsea's just like, this is all she wants. Yeah. And, and, and that again, irritated me to be honest. And it reminds me, this feels like a, a bit of a weird connection to make, but it reminds me a little bit of the uh, Sharon poisoning storyline where, you know, you can do a U-turn if there are enough signals on the way that even if you didn't see them at the time, you can look back and you can go, oh, okay, that makes more sense Yeah. Now. The way I think they're writing storylines at the moment where, when they build up to these U-turns is that they write it as if that U-turn isn't ever going to happen and then they just make it because there's nothing in my mind, unless you can tell me different, there is nothing in my mind that I can look back on and go, oh, you know what? Chelsea had a lot more agency in this situation than than we saw yeah not at all like the first hint of it was literally this week where um she was talking to lucas and the vic and she was like crying about how hard it was for her and then he left and she sort of like her face just kind of went back to normal and she just wiped away the tears and it was like it was a little bit of a like oh are they saying that she's just manipulating him right but like that's the only hint of it yeah and also caleb still did kidnap denise right yeah, it's kind of like, I'm not sure if Chelsea is going to be the powerful one in this scenario. I'm not convinced about that. Yeah, yeah, it's all uh, it's all a bit weird. The Ibiza trip is still yet to happen. Yeah, and you know what? Despite that kind of criticism, I am still, and it goes back to what you were saying about the, the Slater-Ruby storyline, where it's still entertaining to watch when there are good actors involved. And I think there are a lot of good actors involved in this storyline. So... Um, when is the 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 Ibiza bit going to happen? Is it this week? I would assume it's this week because they've really like built it up this week, and like Lucas has finally decided. Well, he's decided that he wants Chelsea to go to prison. Another like absolutely ludicrous thing. Like as if someone who's done a long sentence in prison would be like, mm, yeah, that really gave me some time to reflect. That'll be good for someone else. Like again, please Eastenders do some research into the criminal justice yeah. system. <laughs> But fine, that's what Lucas has decided. So it feels to me like they're building up to this happening very soon. Yeah, and do, and do you think Lucas uh, or the or Don Gillette or Gillet, we still haven't decided, um, has got a lot longer left on the square? I honestly don't know. I've been asking myself the whole way through, like, are they redeeming Lucas? Is he going to stick around, or are we going to? Is there going to be like some explosive kind of final end of Lucas? There is like a part of me that wants them to find a way for him to stick around because he is brilliant. He's also very good looking as well. So, you know, that's nice to have, have around. Yeah, but, always good. Um, right. But uh, I think, you know, that scene with Karen, um, I think ultimately showed that actually they're saying that there isn't really space for him to stick around, particularly in the kind of fictional world of like Walford, where it's not like a normal London, you know, borough or square where people don't really know each other. Yeah, it's like a tiny village. Do you know what I mean, right? So uh, I think he's done for. And actually, I think, I imagine his exit is going to be quite explosive. Uh, well, I was kind of wondering, like, is he going to die or something? Or is he actually just going to go up? Because they've offered this route to him to go up north and have this job and this flat that probation have helpfully found for him. So he could also do that. But then, like, there's got to be some kind of, like, big climax to this story, surely. I think I think he's going to die. I think wow. he's going to die. I, to be honest, I think it's probably for the best because. Yeah. I don't as much as like he's such a great actor and it is possible to turn characters around I think I do think it'd be really problematic to like have Lucas just be like another character like when he had the date with Karen which by the way I loved yeah um 
when he had the date with Karen and Karen said to him, there's mothers still grieving because of what you've done. And I was like, how many people did Lucas murder? I can't even remember. And looked it up and realized that I'd completely forgotten that he, he murdered two sex workers as well as, was it Karina? And, um, and like trying to kill Denise. And like that hasn't even come into the story. That's not like really been mentioned again. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, again, you know, and probably another weird connection that I'm making, but I don't want people to think I'm just criticizing EastEnders. I've actually enjoyed the last couple of weeks, but like you mentioning that again reminds me of like the Islamophobia storyline. It's like you can't just do these as like moments of like we're shining a spotlight on this. Like, um, you know, once it's happened, it's part of, you know, the memory of EastEnders, right? And yeah. Lucas killing two sex workers, like, you know, viewing their lives as like disposable. Uh, and everything that kind of comes up, comes with that, the kind of misogyny that comes on comes with that. Um, you can't just throw that away. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think what I'm maybe looking forward to, and I think could be done quite well, is like more of these really like in depth kind of emotional scenes with Chelsea and Lucas, and like them really delving into that relationship. By the way, isn't it kind of mad how you know? you might have slight misgivings with a character being recast, but as soon as like they show themselves to be incredibly capable, you're like, I've kind of forgotten the old Chelsea. Oh my God, really? No, I'm the, I'm the other way around. And I feel bad about it because new Chelsea, like she's great. She's a great actor. I really like her, but like, I still, I still find myself missing old Chelsea. And I found oh, really? myself this week kind of imagining like the lines being said by old Chelsea. And like, I think just like she had this aura of chaos that like, really would fit this storyline better i think than kind of new slightly more like polished under control chelsea yeah and i think that's fair enough and i definitely think if they could have brought the the kind of the previous actor back they should have done so um and i can't think why they wouldn't have um but in saying that like you know if if chelsea was an entirely new character had been introduced um i think it would be 100% clear that, like, this is a person that we want to stick around. Totally, totally. It's not really a criticism. Like, love new Chelsea. I've just got a bit of nostalgia for old Chelsea. Can I, just as we mentioned, the kind of Karen storyline, <laughs> yes. uh, and I think there were a couple of these that happened, but, um, and I think it's been happening for a few weeks now, like, just the general smut in EastEnders, and maybe this is the point at which love we it. want to, to fill and cap, but there was a joke that uh, Karen made about the size of Lucas's shoes. Yes, absolutely love it. In fact, shall we listen to Karen and Lucas's first scene together? Yes, please. Something for me. Uh, yeah, you open. I'm on my break, but need that dry cleaning. Yeah, um, I don't suppose I could get away with just bunging this in the wash. Well, you could, but you'd have to flog it to an umpa lumpa when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, I like to see a man take care of his laundry. You know, you'd be surprised how many fellas still get their wives to do it. I'm I'm not married. Girlfriend? No, no, it's it's just me. Right, well, you leave it to me. Great, um, how much? No, I'll do it for free. You sure? Call it a welcome present. How'd you know I just moved here? Oh, I'd have noticed. Well, that's, um, that's very kind of you. Well, don't look so surprised. It ain't all bad round here. Pop it in my boudoir while I finish my fag. Thanks. It's my absolute pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, Karen. I'm so glad she's like on the square. Yeah. New character like that. that makes me think actually like one thing I think EastEnders does really well is it doesn't like, it doesn't confine sexuality like only to people who are like movie star good looking. Oh, like, yeah. It's such yeah, a nice antidote. Right. So, like, you you know, so we see so many films, so many TV programs where, like, the only person who can be sexual is, like, are, like, young, thin, white women. And if there's anyone who's, like, over a size eight, then they're, like, chronically insecure and they have, like, so many problems dating. And, like, it's just really nice to see reality on screen. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> People who just like look like people can enjoy their lives and be sexual. Yeah, horniness for everyone on the square. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That is. I am. I am very much here for it. And also, just on that note as well. I mean, look, maybe the reality of it wouldn't be great, but like, I'm glad a kind of you know that kind of wokeness hasn't seeped too much on the square. Obviously, like you know, being consensual, what have you. And I know in the past, like I've kind of maybe said complained about like cat you know literally cat calling people like, across <laughs> the square um but there is also another part of me that goes you know what like i'd rather that be the vibe on the square where like you know there's a, it's a little bit liberated as opposed to kind of too kind of you know like coy and all the rest of it and stuff and also you, that plays out in certain characters anyway and i think we'll come on to oh, really? yeah. date and stuff in, in a bit but um I mean, I think I've been quite clear that I am pro women sexually harassing men on EastEnders, not in real life, but on EastEnders, I am pro. And also, to be fair as well, it's not like there is zero accountability for it. So Bailey did call out Karen. True. For, yeah. For True. sexually <laughs> harassing, like whoever it was. But um, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's the kind of vibe on the square. And actually, as we've mentioned, uh, well, we've mentioned both Phil and Cat and Bobby. So, where do we want to go on to next? We've got to talk about Phil and Cat. We do have to talk about Phil and Cat. It's it was the week before this week. It was last week, so I don't know how much I can actually remember, but I still love Phil and Cat. Yeah, I'm really into it. I, I I genuinely, I'm not just saying this to big myself up. I always thought this would work, and it's even better than I thought it'd be. It's so good. Yeah, um, I can't actually remember where it was left with Phil and Cat. Well, so basically, uh, Cat is a little bit hesitant, particularly after speaking to Kim about yeah. kind of committing, uh, you know, or being open about her feelings. Phil is in a place where he wants to be a bit more open about his feelings, but he's getting a bit of pushback from Cat. So they've both pretended that they just want this casual thing oh that's actually so cute because they're both going to realize that they don't want a casual thing and like have a proper relationship do you know what though as much as like a part of me is a bit like you know what this works really well and i hope they're both open about their feelings and stuff um it would be nice if there was a casual relationship on the square do you know what i mean right like yeah, because it agree. feels like everything has to be kind of big love and commitment and stuff and look i'm not you know i'm not bigging up like men or women who uh, you know, lie about commitment and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I, there's a space much better than how they did it with Ruby and Max. There's a space in which, like, um, they could have a couple of people who hooked up on occasion were just friends. Like, I just don't see why they can't reflect that on the square. Yeah, I just, I can't imagine how they would do that, but they should yeah. because yeah. it happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, there we go. So, what do you think? What do you think's next for Phil and Cat? Think Ben's ever going to accept them? 
He he hasn't accepted them exactly, but he has kind of moved to a space where, you know, he's got Callum in his ear saying, like, you need to be a bit nice to your dad. Yeah. Um, so I think I think Ben would accept it if like Phil decided like this is what he wants and Kat got on board. I think Ben would accept it, but mainly because of the influence of, of Callum. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'd like to see as part of it as well would is like I'd quite like to see like a bit of hostility between Kat and Sharon. I think that'd be really entertaining. Oh my god! Because I feel like we did, we haven't have we had reason to see that previously. I imagine we have, to be honest. Like particularly, Kat has been on the square for so long, and Sharon's obviously been there since since day one. Um, they must have had their run-ins, but I can't think of like have they got like a, a kind of bad history? Not that I can think of. Yeah, I feel like Sharon's kind of always just been on the sidelines of like all the drama that's gone down between the Slaters and the Mitchells. Right. I can't really think of anything, but I, I just think actually like maybe the trio of Sharon, Kathy and Kat could be very entertaining. <gasps> absolutely, absolutely. And actually just on the on that note of Kathy, I think we started to get to see a little more of, you know, who we know Kathy has been previously when Ian was was missing. Um, and although, you know, I don't want her to be permanently in that mode, it would be nice if they kind of gave that, uh, you know, run out every so often. Yeah, that would be nice. I would love to see more of Kathy. I quite like, you know, when she went on that date with that guy and it kind of went wrong, like, yeah, I'd like to have her to have some more of her own storylines. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, what do you, what do you make for, what do you think is the future for Phil and Kat? Just like a beautiful relationship maybe they'll get married oh my god that would be a great wedding i think what i would like i've just thought of it now is like not straight away but eventually they get married and then that's when alfie comes back do you want alfie to come back yeah i want alfie to come back (laughs) i love alfie i love him do you think there's a place for him right now um not right now i'm saying you know maybe in a year when cat and phil finally get married See, I never, ever thought I'd say this, but I feel like the show's moved on from Alfie. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I am so into Cat and Phil. You just don't want anything to ruin it. Yeah, and I actually want this to be it for like both of them. I want this to be the relationship that sees them through to their death. Settle these characters down. I mean, I think it's... I, I hope that the relationship stabilizes because with... Stacy leaving and Big Mo leaving, like that leaves Kat in a little bit of a like vulnerable position as a character because she's only got Jean then. Yeah, exactly. Right. And yeah, give her a bit of stability. That doesn't mean that she can't have turmoil and she can't have like, you know, all that kind of, you know, distress and all that kind of stuff. But I just think there is something quite interesting about her and Phil navigating this relationship and kind of going through life together. And also kind of what we said about Phil previously in that if he is to stick around, Kind of, you know, him moving into like a different pace of life. He's so nice. Yeah, I would love it for, you know, this to be it for Phil now. He also loves kids. So he'd have, what, four kids under his oh roof, God. right? Right, he can make them all West Ham fans. Imagine imagine Phil, like, being the new dad to Tommy and little Bert and Ernie. Yeah, and he's got Raymond as well. Exactly. Yeah, that should be Phil's new life. Settled and just like a dad to a hundred children. Right. Maybe I'll start a little crash in the community centre. <laughs> Would love to see it. Well, talking of the community centre, should we talk about the uh, the Janet, uh, Billy and Honey and Jay storyline? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, again, this is a nice one of like just lots of relationships, really. No big drama. Obviously, Janet kind of went missing for a little bit, but like, yeah, I quite enjoyed this week, you know? Yeah, and I think they're playing it out quite well. I think we had this kind of like, and we had a week of like Billy having a really, really bad reaction to to Honey and Jay's relationship. But actually, this feels like a more interesting storyline about them trying to negotiate it. Um, them kind of remembering that they, you know, why they've gravitated towards towards each other in the first place. Like there is something there, right? Which is the almost the opposite that they've done with like Stacey and Ruby, where they seem to have forgotten their relationship completely. Um, so yeah, I found it quite interesting, and uh, I'm really glad that the Janet storyline wasn't like, oh, that was a fake modeling agency, and she was going to be like exploited. I mean, yeah, the modeling agency, I think really made sense because like honey was a model that's her backstory and then william did modeling it's like they're just a good looking family they do modeling right yeah it'd be nice to see that continue because i think we were saying a little while ago like janet's got to an age now where like she could have her own storylines and we could start to see a bit more of her yeah and actually the discussion that uh, and this is why i think it makes sense for like billy to maybe to have moved to a different place with regards to reaction to the um jay and honey because you know his kids are getting older yeah um and he needs to have communication with with honey and i like the conversations that uh, they've shown on screen between him and honey about you know wanting janet to have the same opportunities and yeah. stuff and and that they'd kind of switched places as well i can't remember what the storyline was last time but last time they had a conversation about kind of like protecting her versus holding her back and that they were kind right. of on the other side with that right exactly so yeah, and we're going to get to see um, Billy and Jay in the Minute Mart as well. That will be very enjoyable. Exactly. Also, I love these little moments as well where you do get a little bit of a glimpse of like what people have to deal with. So Suki basically saying like she's not going to give Honey sick pay um, and she might not have a job at the end of it. Now, I don't know. I'm not fully clued up on all the legalities of it, but an exploitative employer, um, people feeling a little bit powerless. Yes, maybe they should unionize. but. Uh, I'm kind of glad of these little glimpses of like people struggling to kind of navigate London life, even like older people. Yeah. And also that like Suki's a villain. Right. Like she's such a villain, but she's really just implementing something that like so many employers do. Right. Exactly. Right. So, (laughs) and also Jay basically saying like, I like that line of him saying, uh, you know, Billy going like, oh, let's go around there. It's illegal what she's doing. And Jay was like, she changes the sell by dates and products. Like, (laughs) she doesn't care what's illegal jay knows what's going on you don't don't try and cross suki panasar he knows what is up should we talk a bit more about the panasars had a big big storyline week before last yeah now this is interesting because uh we had a little chat before the podcast and uh i feel like we have slightly different feelings on the uh panasar mitchell and staz storyline i um i was just really stressed i found it very stressful yeah (laughs) how did you feel about it I thought it was super entertaining. Oh my god. Okay, tell me more. Well, I like the dynamic between um uh Kira and Ben. Yeah, I do quite like that, yeah. And actually it's a dynamic that suits new Ben. So as much as I'm irritated in terms of how new Ben betrays all of Ben's previous history, again, if we if I treat Ben as an entirely new character, yeah. um who, you know, has not heard of queer culture whatsoever um then actually that vibe between him works really well and i just thought the scenes with staz were like so silly and super funny and the whole like um 
I like the kind of dynamism of like the storyline of Vinny running around the square. It had the kind yeah. of like effect of like kind of movie effect of like somebody trying to get to like, you know, a destination. I think Vinny plays that character really well. Right. He him running, like he, he him running is his best acting. <laughs> is that a compliment? Well, I think it can be, right? I think of like it does remind me of like a computer game or like a you know a movie, an action movie where like yeah. some people play that kind of character really well. Yeah, no, I think he did he did really well. And I agree about um Kira and Ben. I like the parallels there that they're both kind of like the oldest child trying to like trying to kind of like make their way on their own right um and trying to do it sort of under the nose of their overbearing parent but like knowing right. that, they, that they're not ready to do it on their own right right do you think um it is a real like business relationship or do you think one of them is gonna screw the other one over mm, i hope the Panasars are going to screw the Mitchells over and like become the like top gangsters of the square. Yeah, that could be that could be quite a lot of fun. Like there's there's a part of me that would find that like a lot of fun, but there is also something like a kind of like, you know, a Romeo and Juliet type thing. Although I don't want Kira and Ben to like sleep together, but there is something about the idea of like Ben and Kira actually genuinely realizing that they work really well together and that's the thing that causes tension between the families that would be so interesting that's yeah. a great shout yeah so does suki does suki and phil know about this i can't remember sorry it's the week before last so obviously i've forgotten everything they actually do they actually do so so suki kind of knows and she's not best pleased about it while phil was a little bit dismissive about it um but also he's too busy being loved up with cats so he wasn't that bothered yeah, oh, I love I love that he just like doesn't care about anything. <laughs> he's just having such a great time with Cat. Yeah, Aww. it'll be really interesting to see how that goes on. And I guess like we've been being set up for kind of future tension between Kira and Suki, so it would make sense. Yeah, kind of yeah, Kira and Ben to be drawn a little bit closer together. Well, another another storyline involving one of these characters with with, with Kirat was the uh, the confronting the racist storyline yes. in, the, in the minute mark. Um, I mean, I loved his speech. Yeah, I loved his speech as well. I mean, I thought the whole thing about his turban being a crown was a little bit like oh, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was ve- it was very on the nose. Yeah, yeah. I like. I don't know. I'm sort of. I'm reluctant to be really cynical about it because I also kind of saw like an Instagram post by the actor who I think had kind of been a little bit involved in that little bit of storyline and, and felt very attached to it and quite proud of, of what had been done there. And um, and it was a nice moment. I think I felt I was a little bit annoyed at like how racism was portrayed in that. It's like this, the guy who played the racist guy is like this sort of like snarling, cartoonish, like track suited man. And it's like, that's what racism is. It's like bad, probably working class people. Yeah, exactly. Right. And also that, and I guess it's also to do with like the watershed as well. Yeah. But they just weren't able to portray what a racist might actually realistically say (laughs) in that situation. Um, And also, although at the same time though, and and so I don't want to throw that scene away whatsoever, like, um, because I am glad that like, on occasion like these 
you know, storylines are played out where, you know, the traditional victims in this situation actually do have power and agency. It was Kira and Vinny that had the power in that situation. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I enjoyed how it played out, how Kira handled it. And also kind of like the little differences between Vinny and Kira that Vinny's like, why are you letting him go? Come on. Right. I also thought it was interesting that like it did come back to like to bite Vinny particularly like then he was left in like a vulnerable situation that maybe wouldn't have happened if they just like kicked the shit out of him in the first place and actually then the scene afterwards when uh Kira Ben and Vinny were at the call center and obviously like Vinny was still kind of brooding about this and Kira didn't seem to give a shit um I think that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because I think where they're heading with it is that Kira is feeling more and more confident um, yeah. to the point where he's maybe feeling like he can sideline like the family dynamic that he's been told like has mm. to kind of exist. Do you think Kira will just like get absorbed into the Mitchells? Get absorbed into the Mitchells, but also maybe he'll just become this kind of you know mad like nihilist where like he will try and take on the Mitchells himself, but also I can see him trying to take on Suki. Oh yeah, I would like to see that. Which side would Ash pick? <gasps> well, okay. Let's. We've mentioned Ash, so let's just get through this storyline. <laughs> Peter and Ash. Yeah. You know your... how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I you... hate it. I want it to be over. I don't care. I, I just, I don't care at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what interesting I might say about it. There's nothing interesting to say about it, and actually. Probably the thing that most bothers me is that um, it's kind of thrown Ikra into this like no man's land in terms of like you know having any kind of links onto the square. Yeah. Um, and I know they're obviously now Kim is obviously set up set her up with uh, with Mila. Um, and but I'm just not excited for that storyline. I'm a little bit excited for that. Yeah. If it works out, I think it could be a nice way to like tie Ikra in and kind of give her another chance to have a personality that would be great but like yeah i just the whole thing's been really really clumsy i think i don't know who any of them are to be honest i don't really know who ikra is i don't really know who ash is i don't really know who peter is i don't really care about any of them (laughs) right right i mean i'm still holding out a little bit of hope for ash and ikra but um do you think they're gonna get back together well not so much hope for them to get back together but hopes for them with regards to like their future on the square, and right, actually, yeah. I've maybe slightly revised my opinion on on Mila and Ikra in, in that I'm glad that like Mila like works at the Prince Albert, and like she's meeting someone through that kind of scenario, and we might get a little bit of kind of queer culture on the square, but but yeah, we'll just see. a little morsel, maybe yeah. <laughs> a crumb, a crumb yeah. thrown thrown in our direction. I mean, it looks like they're ramping things up with the Ash and Peter situation as well, because obviously we saw like Suki come home and then later on Suki and Peter have this conversation where it looks like what Ash and Peter are going to start dating and then Suki's going to find a way to kind of meddle. Which will be fun, no? Yeah, it will be fun. Like if Suki's involved, then great. Like that improves the whole storyline a lot. But um, I just, I just really hate Ash and Peter. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing good to say about that roll my eyes every time they come on screen yeah i mean yeah there's literally nothing good to say you know what i'm gonna let's move on let's move on to the better bill and that is uh bobby bill bobby bobby 
Bobby. Bobby yeah. went on a date. Yay! But also, oh, oh, I know. Yeah, didn't work out. Oh, he's very good at playing an awkward person, isn't he? I'm so glad they've got an awkward young person on the square as well, because <laughs> not all of us were like super ridiculously confident and ripped and all the rest of it. And stuff, right. right, it is nice to like feel represented as like somewhat <laughs> awkward. Like, how old is he now? Seventeen, eighteen. Seventeen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the one who's kind of like yeah, awkward and ale and <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can't relate to that but yeah no, like but... I... <laughs> yeah like he's just kind of not found himself and it's um, very relatable yeah i what and also him making that decision to ultimately try and be someone else again is also maybe a little bit relatable but we know it's not going to be sustainable like i absolutely loved that moment i was like what is happening we picked up the sunglasses and put them on and then like where was the music coming from as well no idea but i loved it (laughs) yeah i'm excited about uh bobby's new personality i think it's gonna be fun yeah just him trying to try it on and also just the little things that they're doing i think are quite fun so like him putting on like a gallon of aftershave like yeah. that was so many guys that age Aww. yeah so cute. And he's got no guidance from his horrible big brother and his dad's disappeared it's just him and his nan yeah and the nan kid you know like <sighs> there was always a kid at school who'd been raised by their nan and they were always like the nicest person i know right i know and he's ultimately gonna be you know a person you want in your life yeah he's a good boy he is a good boy very good boy. Do you think he's gonna? Do you think Kim's gonna take him under her wing with her dating agency? I, you know, I, I part of me hopes so because I think it'd be super cute. But I hope Kim is sensitive to Bobby. Yeah, I mean, it would be funny to see like the combination of like Bobby's new personality with his sunglasses and like Kim, <laughs> like propelling him into the world of dating. Yeah, but I hope she finds someone suitable for him and not like... But all that, and to be fair to her, she her kind of matchmaking, although some of it she's just matchmaking people already together. But, mm, yeah. um, but you know, she's generally picked people who are suitable. So, you know, but she was a little bit mean to Bobby in the cafe, though. Yeah, she was a bit mean. But that's she does that to everyone. That's just her style. That is true. That is true. <laughs> what do you make of the whole Foxcatcher storyline? Um... I mean, I love to see Kim on screen always. I would, yeah. I'd quite like to see it become like a successful company. Yeah, genuinely right. But also, it was a little bit. It seems like that might be unlikely, given how dismissive she was about the idea of apps. <laughs> true, true. Although, like, I think it is a thing now. Like dating consultants and like real in-person dating agencies. I think it's like a little bit of a reaction to the saturation of dating apps and like how soulless people find them. So she kind of went down that route. But it's for rich people, right? It's for, it's for very rich people. Yeah. So she might have to like seek out her clients elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. I can't see Bobby like forking out a couple of grand to find someone. But uh, we will see. Have we uh, completed? No, we haven't completed the storylines. Have we? Well, we haven't. We talked a little bit about Isaac and Lola. We haven't really gone into depth on that. I don't know if there's anything else that we want to say. It was all just quite nice. Yeah, I think I'm... I think it's kind of what we hoped it would be. Yeah. Um, Isaac is like, you know, there are moments maybe if I'd want to see some improvement where, you know, these moments of like good guy Isaac are a little bit on the nose. Yeah. But it's so cute. They like him and Bailey. Yeah. Right. It is. Yeah. So I think I'm glad that this is where his character is heading. 
we also know that inevitably, um, you know, it, it feels almost pointless for them to bring up the schizophrenia is it, if it isn't going to feature like in the future. And I don't think it needs to feature a feature in a kind of like, oh my God, he has this terrible, you know, breakdown and like all the rest of it and, and what have you. But, um, you know, it might be the case that occasionally like he needs to change the dosage of his medication and, you know, he has like a brief few days where he's not, uh, you know, usually he's not himself or he's not in a good place. So, um, I would like to see them like, you know, do the storyline like that, where it's somebody managing their condition as opposed to somebody who's on the edge of being like a complete mess. Yeah, like maybe he takes a day off, like changes his exercise routine, like maybe right. has to have a mental health appointment, like right. that kind of day to day stuff. I think would be great to see. Yeah, exactly. But worryingly, given what we said about EastEnders' laziness in other areas, like I'm not entirely confident. Yeah, but I think it really depends on like the effort they put into it. And I, it, I would imagine with this one, they will be working with like hopefully some sort of like schizophrenia expertise organization or something to make sure they do it right. Actually, on which note, we did have a uh, some Twitter fan interaction. You've just reminded me. And I think one of our lovely fans did point out something that flagged something that was a little bit possibly problematic. So I'm just going to bring that up and, um, you know, we can we can discuss that. Love a bit of fan interaction. Yeah. So we got a another tweet from one of our longest and most dedicated fans, Kylie. Yes, Kylie. Um, who said that she also loves Isa, uh, but the dialogue leading up to his revelation was oddly misleading, almost killed, question mark. I'm worried they will mess up the storyline. Um, and I think uh, I think what she was talking about is that when she, uh, when Isaac was talking to Cherie about whether to tell Laura about schizophrenia, there was something about him almost dying. Um, and I think she's maybe saying that you know, that maybe points to the idea that schizophrenia, like, is a fatal condition or, or something like that, right? Like, right, it kind of leads yeah. to, like... I don't know, though. I think that could be done... That could be a sign of a really good aspect of the storyline in that if you do have schizophrenia, like, you are at much higher risk of, for example, being, like, killed by police, if it's, particularly if you're a black man, or being restrained in a dangerous way, like, in hospital. There are lots of ways in which it can like contribute to a high risk of death that aren't like the person who has schizophrenia being a dangerous person. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, as to whether EastEnders have uh, decided that's what that was referring to. I'm uh... sometimes, sometimes they do well with this stuff. Like we'll have to see whether they come back to that conversation and they discuss this, like how I'd like to see them deal with that is that like, we see a conversation between Cherie and Isaac that like would, talk about that situation in a way that like isn't stigmatizing but yeah i think it's the it's it's an important thing to have noticed about that yeah and i think you know having our kind of you know like radar on to spot some of these things is not a bad thing but actually i'm probably just nitpicking at this point like i really like it it's everything i want it to be and it's a really cute relationship do you know the reason that I'm a little bit optimistic about this as well is because the guy who plays Isaac, uh, he's called Stevie Basula, I think. Mm -hmm. um, he posted, he reposted a little video by Charity Mind last week um, or this week that was really good. And it was just people with who have been diagnosed with schizophrenia talking about how they've been treated very poorly by mental health services. And so that's yeah. why I'm, I've got a little bit of optimism about that. Like, is he in touch with Mind and in touch with that campaign because of 
because he's doing this storyline and that's a great sign because they even had like um someone talking about how the racism in the mental health wow. services and okay. how he'd experienced that as a black man with a diagnosis of schizophrenia and um i was really like impressed by that video like um also as to like my i have an auntie with who's been diagnosed with schizophrenia and so like i've heard so much about all of the violence she's experienced from the mm. mental health system um so it's just great to it was great to see him posting that yeah and fingers crossed there's some avenues for you know in which he can kind of influence the direction of this storyline i'm i'm optimistic the same as you that that is the case um and even the fact of like them introducing a character with this condition i think is like yeah it's good because it is a taboo still um and you know we've kind of discussed a lot of the reasons why we do this podcast it's because you know soaps as we say are generally one of the few places left on tv where some of these things are discussed particularly in the context of being you know working class of being a person of color and what have you so mm. yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed there's a couple of things we haven't mentioned that we yeah. should quickly so a lot of romance in the last two weeks we, yeah. we saw some more of whitney and kush and we saw whitney have the conversation with cat finally yeah and cat for obvious reasons was completely fine with it yeah he was like, I'm good. I've moved on already. Yeah, exactly. I'm on to Phil. Yeah. So that was quite nice. And we also saw quite a lot more references to Kush going to prison. Do you think he's going to go to prison? Especially if Stacey's going to go to prison as well. Well, uh, I don't know if this is news, but um, Dawood Gadami filmed his last scenes. <gasps> oh, shit. I knew that, actually, because there was lots of Instagram posting about being emotional about it. So that's not him going to prison, is it? Because that would be a very quick court case. But then I don't know. It could be it could be two months, that, uh, and it could be the case that the case starts next week. True. Um, like yeah. we just, I just don't know. I, to be honest, I can't think of the timeframes that have kind of taken place. I mean, what would be funny is that as well as kind of taking the blame for Phil's crimes, he might say like, oh, actually, that was me in the video with Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the honourable thing for him to do. <laughs> <laughs> him just turn him like buy a Stacy wig, a Stacy jacket, and be like, "Yeah, that was me." Yeah, they should totally do that. <laughs> what I'd like to see for Kush, I'd like to see him not go to prison, um, but decide to move out to Dubai with his mum and with all the influencers. Yeah, and I think that would be that would be fair. He shouldn't be going to prison. I mean, nobody should be going to prison, but he shouldn't be going to prison. Stacy shouldn't be going to prison, um, and Ruby should fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be quite convenient for them to send him to Dubai as well because it also means they could like ship Arthur off to Dubai whenever they needed to. Why do you want Arthur to be shipped off? I don't off want to him Dubai? to be shipped <laughs> off. It's just like they're not very good sometimes with the kids. Like like they just disappear. I'm not into this shade on Arthur. I love Arthur. <laughs> I love him, but like where is he? Yeah, that's true. Is he At least if he's in Dubai, we'd have an explanation. How but... old is Arthur? Four, five? I think he's a little bit younger. Okay. Fair enough. Um, okay, all right. So we know you want Arthur to fuck off. Um, what was the <laughs> other storyline you wanted to, wanted to the mention? The other one which we actually forgot to mention when we were making up our notes for this show was that Mick and Linda are off to New Zealand, apparently. Okay, you know what? This is a reminder for something I wanted to mention in news. But yeah, yes. let's just stick with that. Um, I mean, we know that they're probably going to come back with Nancy then, right? Do you think they're going to go like... Yeah, either they're going to go and come back with Nancy or they're going to be like about to go and then Nancy's going to turn up and they're going to be like, what? 
Yeah, one of the two. One of the two. I don't know. You know, it's one of these things where it's try, it's hard to figure out like the timing of like when someone starts yeah. filming when they appear on screen. But um, we got the announcement announcement of Maddie what for like a month ago now. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be the case that it's still another month until we see it, but it would be then quite early to make that announcement. Do you think they could like disappear off to New Zealand and then all the news about Tina's death comes out and then we don't have to like see them cope with that? No, Tina's death revelation is is going to be big. Ugh. Yeah. I just want to forget about it. <laughs> and also, as I say, there's this tiny, tiny, minuscule possibility, even though you've explained to me the various ways in that it can't be the case, but that she's alive. She's dead. It's been confirmed. <laughs> Didn't she like do an interview this week saying like, oh, she's dead? Yeah, but I remember when <laughs> uh, Denise, I forget the actor's name, but uh, she did interviews after Denise had died as well. Did she? Being yeah. like, yeah, she's definitely dead. She was only in the basement for like two weeks, though. Yeah, but you know, that's enough time to do some interviews. No, we know that Tina's dead because Louisa Thingy, can't remember her last name, has started her breathing company. She can't do that if she's still in EastEnders. Do you think it's, she's set up like a fake company so that to fool everyone? I think she's left EastEnders, so I'm 100% agreed on that. I don't think, though, her having definitely left EastEnders doesn't leave open the possibility of a scene, two scenes that she's already filmed. Um, that, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I guess that would avert us from like having to have the Tina's dead realization and like a funeral and all of the horrible stuff that would come along with that that would distract from like the good storylines, like right. Mick dealing with his abuse and Nancy coming back. Actually, on which note, uh, I'm guessing you don't watch Drag Race UK. No, I don't. It's very good. You should watch it. People should watch it. Yeah, it's on my list of things I know I should watch. It is, it is brilliant, but they did a uh, uh, a challenge this week where they all had to act in uh, various uh, EastEnders-based scenes. It was very funny. Amazing. I'm not going to do that thing where you're trying to explain a joke because uh, it's just <laughs> not funny. But it is very funny, so people should go go watch it. Um, but they uh, they did a thing where they they didn't get Danny Dyer on as a guest judge. The shame. But they got a mannequin, dressed him up as Danny Dyer, and got someone to do a Danny Dyer impression. Oh my god! Um, so <laughs> it is all really. incredible. Yeah, it's brilliant. And um, and actually, they did get Natalie Cassidy on though to do some coaching for the the drag queens. Oh. Um, that sounds amazing. I should watch that episode. Awesome. It's really fun. Do you ever listen to, uh, you know, Danny Dyer's got a podcast with his daughter, Danny Dyer? I don't listen to the Danny Dyer's podcast. Well, neither do I, <laughs> but maybe we should. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me something great about it. No. <laughs> no, I'm just scraping the barrel for EastEnders chat, even though we've gone over an hour for this podcast. <laughs> no you know what, let's, let's get into it. Una, who is your EastEnders of the last two weeks? Um, right, my EastEnder of the last two weeks, I don't think she was actually in the week before last, but it is Karen. Wah, wah, wah. By the way, I also said on the Twitter, and I think that was the first time I did it, I will stop trying to do that air horn, air horn nose noise. Never, never stop <laughs> doing that. It's a key feature of this podcast. <laughs> I think I did it for about 20 minutes of the last podcast, so <laughs> I'm rationing it, I'm rationing it. But That's yeah, tell me. what happens when you edit your own voice. 
That is true. That is true. But tell me, why is Karen your sender the last two weeks? Um, mainly for that scene with Lucas, where she was just like really quite creepy. But as I said, I'm pro women being creepy towards men in EastEnders. <laughs> that's fine. Um, yeah, she's just great, isn't she? She's really funny. I love hers and Mitch's relationship. I just love it. That they've got such a nice dynamic. Right. And also, kind of her scenes with Bailey. Very, very sweet. I don't know what's going on with the dog dying, but I mean, Aww. it's just nice to see the family, really. Do you know one thing we didn't discuss in the show is that we've always had it in our heads that Karen would end up back with Mitch. Do you think that's going to happen now? It kind of feels like it's not going to happen because Mitch like wasn't really bothered about her going on a date. No. Like, he was a little bit like, oh, it's too soon. But I think that was kind of genuine. Yeah. And, and I think it kind of makes sense as well is that like the bereavement brought them closer together. But then once that kind of fades away, the kind of reminders of why it probably wouldn't work start to reemerge, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's been I think it's been really nicely done that like she broke up with Billy because she just wasn't in the right headspace. And right. she it's true that she just wasn't in the right headspace. It wasn't just her like getting back with Mitch. And it's right. just really nice to have people who used to be together and parent the same children, like living together and not needing to be in a romantic relationship. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, good for for Mitch and Karen being so mature. Yeah, it's lovely. I well love done. them both. I want to see them both dating more people. Yeah. More funny scenes. Yeah, I'm up for that. Um, I say, so Nav. Yeah. Who is your EastEnder of the week? Wah, wah, wah. The official jingle <laughs> is back. Yeah. The official jingle and the official air horn. <laughs> The get out of my pod air horn. Yeah, no, my um, East End of the last two weeks is uh, is Bobby Bill. Yes, Bobby. Bobby Bill. Bobby Bill. Bobby Bill. Yeah, I love Bobby. Uh, he is, as you say, super relatable. Um, and yeah, there's just so many possibilities with him. I think putting Bobby in a dating situation is a genius scenario yeah but i just think there's so much more and i think you know there is a lot more to do with regards to like you know him finding his place in the world as well and i just think it's just an exciting journey to be on with bobby beale it is lovely i would like to see bobby become the primary beale he's the primary beale already he is but like peter's (laughs) getting way too much screen time for my liking yeah, I think maybe he was kind of, you know, promised the storyline, like when he was brought in, and they're, now they're like, oh, fuck, we're just going to have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Like, hopefully we'll see some big Bobby storylines over the next few weeks. Yeah, Bobby is the best. But talking of what you want to see in the next two weeks, what is your prediction? Um, I'm going to go with the most obvious prediction in the world that we talked about quite a lot, uh, just because I want to win. Um, I... Stacey is going to prison. That's what I think. Oh God! Sorry, it's a cop out. I'm sorry. But you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to let you have it because, <gasps> like, I tell you why? Because, okay, all right. Let's have it. We need to have a discussion as to what the parameters are of the prediction feature. <sighs> is on. it next week or is it just generally the future? <laughs> <laughs> it's not next week. She's not going to prison next week. Right. Do I have to like give you a date? Well, but wasn't the original idea, the predictions, to try and do it at least? But then we expanded it because COVID <laughs> made it too hard. But you, but but okay, all right. When are you expecting her to go to prison? Um, I, <laughs> I think she's going to go to prison in uh, 
in May. <laughs> All right, I'll put a note in the diary to check your your prediction in early May. <laughs> it's hard, hard doing predictions every week. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. Mine generally, I still haven't come up with mine. So, um, you know, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to come up with something. Go on. And it, my prediction is going to be that um, Keegan ends up getting the wrong end of the stick uh, while Tiffany is doing her hosting uh, and ends up in a kerfuffle with a bunch of guys. And actually, the the, the wrong end of the stick will be because of Dottie um, creating that confusion. Oh, so you're saying Dottie actually <laughs> is manipulative. I see. <laughs> yeah, but my issue has never been that, like, you know, I only see virtue and goodness with, with Dottie. <laughs> is that, like, I accept her faults and her flaws, but I like her character. Even though she's just a terrible person. Yeah, but Suki's a terrible person. Yeah, true, but I love her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yes, yes. Let's see if traditional Keegan gets into a fist fight with some men over his wife. <laughs> defending That's their my wife <laughs> i mean look tiffany's not above like having endorsed that you know patriarchal situation right yeah i do well yeah well yeah in a way i don't know has she she has in as much as a look she got married so straight away you're endorsing it okay so anyone who gets married has to endure patriarchal nonsense from their husband well, not endure it, because then afterwards, she defended Keegan to, to Dottie. That is true. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't have to. You've married someone for life, haven't you? You've got to, like, try and not see all the terrible things about them. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And obviously, like, I'm putting, you know, the primary <laughs> part of, like, the blame on Keegan in this situation. Um, it's just, you know... We're all responsible for conditioning these kinds of people, right? Basically, what we're saying is, like, don't get married. Get mar- married is it's your fault. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no, it's not your <laughs> fault. I'm definitely, I am 100% not saying that. Yeah, okay, But don't fine. get married. And especially don't get married when you're 16, probably. Oh, God, yeah, right. I know you're getting back at me for saying that you wanted Arthur to fuck off, so... Um, <laughs> On which note... Hey, look, I think a child should get a holiday every now and then. You hate women. Fine. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. What a week to say that to me as well. What, I know, what a week. Let's not go into it. Yeah, okay, right. So, uh... If you would like to cancel us, you can email us on uh, getoutofmypod at gmail.com. Yeah, but can you cancel both of us, not just me, please? I feel like we're ending the podcast in a way that I am definitely going to be cancelled. <laughs> At this point, we really need a ratings boost because we've not been very consistent with um, putting out the episodes. So feel All free right, to cancel fine. us. Our Twitter is at Get Out of My Pod. Um, so yeah, I hope to hear from you. Well, you know what? Being cancelled is probably our safest bet for getting some kind of like uh, broadcast deal. <laughs> well, we get we get to join fucking like Andrew Neal's like horrible racist new news channel. Yeah, exactly, right. We can be the official EastEnders podcaster and trash it and say why the BBC are awful and all the rest of it. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) It's a possible career path for us. It is, it is. So yeah, tune in for that next week, guys. (laughs) See you next week. We will record a podcast.
Are we going to record a podcast next yeah, week? Yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Wow. Okay. That is a bombshell on which to end the. <laughs> I'm actually winking behind my microphone. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye.